Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 12, Girl vs. Suit. And girls versus Suits. Girls versus Yeah, you're right. Girls versus Suits. And I know we've been on a long break, so we, uh, as usual, apologize for that, but it could not be helped this time. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Yeah, we were in Puerto Rico on vacation for a week. Jed and I was our... 10th anniversary. We may have already covered this on the last podcast. Yeah, I think we might have. So we revisited uh, where we got married. Same resort in Puerto Rico. We took our son Tyler with us. We had a great time. It was awesome. Nothing very How I Met Your Mother-ish happened out there. <laughs> no. I wasn't looking out for it. I think my brain was on pure vacation. Yeah, definitely. And then I got COVID. <laughs> yeah, and- her and our son got COVID on the way back. They wore masks on the plane. I didn't, and they got COVID. And now, 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 now comes a conspiracy theory, I'm sure, by Jen. <laughs> yes. So my conspiracy is that Steve actually got the COVID, but because he had COVID a few months ago, he was immune to it and then passed it to me. I'm not sure if the science is I sound have no idea that, if that's but... a thing that happens, but that's what I'm going with because I was very careful. I wore my mask in the airport. I wore it on the plane. And then a few days later, after enough incubation time had gone by, Jen had to take a work trip to Chicago for a week. Yes. So then I was gone for another week. But now I'm back, and now we're podcasting. So I think it's been like a month, but we are back. So And here's another anniversary. Is anniversary the right word? I'm not sure. Happy 100th episode to us. Thank you. I feel like we've actually done more than 100, because we did like a How I Met Your Father. Yeah, technically it's 101, <laughs> so. but this is our 100th how one I met covering How I Met Your Mother. So yes. I'm going to count this. Yeah, it was exciting. So I read that after yeah, I'd watched the show. I was like, oh, that's why they did this big musical number. So, Jen, what do you think of guys with suits? You into it? Not into it? How do you feel? I like it. I think you always show some appreciation when I'm looking nice in the suit. Mm. It doesn't happen that often these days. but Yeah, you don't have the need to suit up quite as often as at other jobs. No, and my suits aren't whispering to me from the closet to put them on either. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know that you particularly enjoy wearing a suit. I think you do it because you need to sometimes, but I don't think it's a calling for you. I was fine when I had to wear them. I, I never minded putting on a suit and a tie. I had a few shirts I started to gather that had the French cuffs, mm-hmm. and it was always a pain to put the cufflinks in. <laughs> right. But outside of that, I, I never minded pulling on a tie. Although... I. Although I don't own a suit shirt or a dress shirt that I can button the top neck button. <laughs> My neck's too muscular. Definitely. <laughs> Compared to the rest of my upper body. So, but it's, I just tighten up the, the tie a little tighter so that you can't notice it. You can kind of get away with that these days. I used to not be able to get away with that. Hmm. I used to have bosses that would say something about it. Oh, really? Yeah. So has this been a perpetual problem for you? I guess. I've had a muscular neck for a long time now. This happens to be Neil Patrick Harris's favorite episode. No, no doubt why. Mm-hmm. He gets to a big, big musical number in exactly. this one. What was your overall take on this episode? I liked it. I had a lot of laugh out loud moments. Um, I actually did have a hard time like picking best and worst jokes. Like nothing really stood out in either direction. But I did laugh quite a few times. I did, too. I did not like this episode. Really? But I found myself laughing half a dozen times for it, and good laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is one I haven't seen in a while, so 
it was a nice reminder. We're going to cover a little bit of the last episode we watched of How I Met Your Father, although we'll do that at the very end. So for those of you that don't want spoilers or are not watching the show or don't care, you can just cut off at that point. Sounds Sound good? good? All right. So we start off the episode at Columbia University, and there's a number of kids gathered, or we'll actually we start off with the narrator telling us that you, don't, you never know when you're about to meet someone really important. They try and navigate this to fool us for a little bit that this might be the mother, but mm-hmm. they, as soon as we think it might be, they, they correct it pretty quickly, so they don't leave us lingering too long. Right, yeah. It's Although like I would a few be minutes very in happy with Rachel Bilson being the mother. Mm-hmm. She's a, I, I think she's gorgeous. She's a good actress. She's funny. She's a great comedic actress. I very much, for a while, was enjoying her recap podcast of The O.C. Oh, yeah. But I found, and this often happens when I try and do a rewatch of The O.C., I just couldn't get through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you did kind of stop watching, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and their recap podcast is good, but not great. And once I stopped watching it... With Melinda Clark, okay, who played Julie Cooper. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty good podcasters, but they're not funny, and okay. so it, it kind of drags long. And they always all their guests are tend to be directors that came in and out of the show, or costume designer, okay. or the guy that picked the music out. And they, I just didn't it's not that yeah, funny. I didn't enjoy. <laughs> and they would go on for a very long their intro with the guest would go on for the first 30 minutes before they'd even uh-huh. get into the episode. So um, I, I, I sort of lost interest in it after a while. I was kind of waiting for them to have a, a guest I wanted to hear come back on, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so I feel like Rachel Wilson shows up, what, one more time? Yeah, we meet her again when, like at this point, nine. she's got either a wife or a girlfriend. I think a girlfriend, or she was meeting a woman for a date, and then there might have Either they just wrapped up her story in that episode or we see her one more time later on. Oh, you know what? No, because we see her in the bar when we find out she's gone going on a date with a girl reading a book at the bar. That's in a couple seasons. Right. And, then and then we, we see, see her, her in season nine because we find out the first time they saw Ted and she's sitting next to the mother, Tracy. Okay. And then they get to know each other and become roommates based on that episode. Okay. Well, and then we see her, she actually, like, sets up Ted with the band. Which Does leads, she? Yeah. Yeah, because okay. he's looking for the, a band for Robin and Barney's wedding, and she's the one that says... I use don't this even band. remember that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's... I think at one point we were trying to figure out, like, <clears throat> what's the connection? I think we were missing that link to it, that, like, you know, he had to... Him getting the job at Columbia led to him meeting her, which led to her referring her roommate's band, and that's how they ended up meeting. So I don't really quite understand this opening scene. There's a bunch of goofballs standing around holding... Alcohol. Yeah, (laughs) six packs of beer. And Ted's there, and she's there. Now, are they in a dorm, or they must be in a... No, they're in the hallway, I guess. Where classes are, (laughs) holding... Six packs of beer, wanting to go on the roof of the... It doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't get this. And why do we have a bunch of goofballs or idiots going to Columbia University? I mean, there's goofballs and idiots at every university. Well, yeah, but some people... I don't know. I, I, these guys seem more like a big state <laughs> university kind of group. Do they like play Boomer. football, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Does Columbia have a football team? 
They might. Or some sort of athletic team. Or... Not one that I've ever heard of. Right. I know they have wrestling team, but... Right. And they're, you know, trying to hit on this woman in the hallway who's, you know, holding her own. Turns out to be Cindy. She sort of rejects them about going to have beers with them, and then Professor Ted steps in to confiscate some of those beers. <laughs> Let's them keep the hard lemonade. Right. And they, they have a lot of fun with this guy calling him Boomer. Right. Then we cut to Ted and Cindy, is her name, having the beers together in one of the classrooms. I'm assuming it's his. Yeah, probably. I just I don't understand why they were carrying beers around in the classroom. <laughs> I mean, they were in the hallway. Yeah, but it, it just better, it seems but... <laughs> odd. Yeah. So l- let me put it. Let me let me say this about this episode. It seems to me that they spent for the entire time they spent writing this episode, they spent ninety five percent on it on the dance music number and the next five percent of it on the story and the writing of the story. <laughs> I just don't, I think it's it's just. I would give it at least twenty percent. I think the stuff with. Um, Cindy's cute, uh, you know the the links to the mother and. This feels like a season one, maybe a season two episode to me, just in the the quality of it. Okay. So she lets him know that she's a PhD candidate. She's writing a dissertation entitled "Foreign Direct Investment and Intergenerational Linkages in, Consum- in Consumption Behavior." Well, I had a lot of trouble reading that. You can't even say that. Let alone right. know what it's about. <laughs> And jokes that most guys say that's hot when she tells them about that, and Ted agrees that's hot. Cindy lets him know that she was in the class where he went in the wrong classroom and made an idiot of himself. Yeah, we get a flashback and a bunch of exposition about what happened. And and here's that, where we kind of get some some of those corollaries of, like, you know, your mother was in that class and thought I was a complete idiot, and then we have Cindy saying, I thought you were a complete idiot. Right, that's the first... Misdirect. But she thought it was a cute idiot. He asks her, do you ever date cute idiots? She says almost exclusively, and this is a clear ripoff of Seinfeld, or we can call it an homage. If did you kind. pick that up, or did you yeah. see that in the trivia? No, I okay. picked that up. I think I picked that up the very first time I saw this episode. Oh, okay. I'm such a Seinfeld aficionado. Right. But it's imitating a time where Jerry gets caught kind of stalking a girl to be able to ask her out, and... When he realizes that she's onto him, he says, "So do you complete? Do you date immature men?" And she says, almost exclusively, right. which is a good line. Mm-hmm. It's good writing. All right, so now we're back at Robin and Ted's apartment, and Ted's you know kind of telling Barney, Lily, and Robin about meeting Cindy and you know all these interesting things about her. And then we hear cheering coming from the outside of the apartment, which is unusual. It's almost like a parade's going by. <laughs> right. They. They go down to see what's going on. Well, even before they go down, Barney says that this can only be one, this commotion can only mean one thing: boobs. No, only two things can cause that kind of commotion. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> two things, and he already before they even leave the apartment says McLaren has hired a hot bartender. Right, so we get a flash of the bartender with like I feel like is a very OC esque kind of like I don't know if you remember the promos for OC where they always had like. The wind blowing through their hair. and I don't remember that. <laughs> I got more of a rock video vibe from this. Okay. And, you know, yeah, I could see that, too. They're playing, she's, uh, they're playing uh, Cherry Pie. Right. Is it Poison that does Cherry Pie? or I don't think so, but I couldn't say who does. 
Mm, it's a Poison-esque band that yeah, does Yeah, one it. of those 80s... Big hair yeah, bands. exactly. Yeah, and she's moving in slow-mo. She's got <laughs> the wind blowing through her hair. We have actress and pro-female wrestler Stacey Keebler. Yeah, and so I... As Karina. I ended up um, going down a bit of a rabbit hole, so that's why I was a little delayed finishing the show, because I was like, what's she been up to? I haven't seen her in anything. And, like, went to her IMDb, and there was, like, nothing past 2012. So then I had to Google, like, what's Stacey Keebler up to? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. where is she? And there's just, like, not a lot of information. Like, she got married in 2014, has a few kids. Like, I guess just stopped doing stuff. Should we start a new podcast about where Stacey <laughs> Keebler? Kind of like they did I, with Richard Simmons. Right. Which also went nowhere. From did what it, I hear. I thought that was a popular podcast. It was, but it... The, it, it just didn't it, give an answer. Yeah, it just... Sort of the conclusion by the general public was, there's just someone that decided to step off the stage of fame and wants uh, to be okay. left alone. I didn't listen to that one. So I didn't know what the end of it was. Although that was done by a guy that was kind of friends with him. That's why it was a little more uh, interesting. interesting. Okay. But yeah, I, so I went down that tiny rabbit hole for a second because so I was like, "Where, where is she?" I figured there'd be at least a few like, yeah, like this level shows that she's been on or something. But no, nothing. No, she. I think one of her bigger claims to fame is that she, for a while, was dating George Clooney. I read that, and I don't know that I remember that at the time. You were the one that told me. Oh, okay. I guess that was the thing <laughs> that popped out of my brain. That's the only reason I knew it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that got lost along the way. Okay, so, yeah, so it's interesting that they they never say her name in the episode, but in the credits, she's credited as Karina. Right, true. I only knew that from IMDb. Right. Rollins poo-poos the, the, or tries to throw some cold water on the excitement about this, and which sends Barney into a Barney-esque speech about how he's never dated a hot bartender. He's dated a lot of different women in different professions. He starts to name them. I think this does get a little funny when he starts going, uh, you know, butcher a baker. <laughs> the rhyming section. Yes, this is, yes, we're and on we get the these, like, kind of cuts that implying, like, he's not just listing, you know, like, 15 things. Like, he, this is going <laughs> That's on and on true. and on. <laughs> yeah, good point. I noticed that, but then didn't write it down. But I, I did want to mention that. And at one point, I thought it was funny. They said, a stay-at-home mom. That's a job, too, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I pointed that out, too. Um, Robin finally snaps. Get to the point. Yeah, she. Robin does not think she's hot. Ted points out that Robin's actually jealous that she's not the hottest girl in the bar anymore. I didn't realize she had captured that title, but I guess that's... Well, no, because did somebody fancy herself the hottest girl in the bar? This is, you know, her own image of herself. Yeah, but they sort of keep talking about it, so... I don't know. Eh, maybe maybe right. they go along with her. Um, but Barney, you know, Barney's point in all this was that all of these women he's been with, he's never been with a hot bartender. He's going to fix that, which yeah, leads to his portion of the episode. Lily doesn't think it's a good idea that he goes and hits on her. She's just going to pretend she likes him the same you know, way she's hypnotized all those other guys. And Barney's got a strategy. <laughs> he's going to you know, sort of play her hot and cold. <laughs> That's going to go something like, drop the hat, baby doll, daddy needs a gin and tonic, and then he plans to spit it out. Yeah, so it's almost like a version of, like, telling Marshall, like, here's how to handle Lily when you guys get in this argument. Just a meaner version of it. (laughs) Marshall enters, wants to know what's going on with everyone. Lily points out that there's a new super hot bartender, and then we get a running gag of (laughs) typical Marshall. Is he, though? I mean... Is this just typical, I just love you so much, honey. I can't even think about 
having sex with somebody else, even not even in my imagination. Um, this is just sort of goopy Marshall. It is, but I think I mean I think it's it plays into it. So like yes, he is so insanely in love with Lily that I think genuinely he doesn't really find that many other women attractive. That's not a thing. You've just never loved anyone that way. So we were having dinner on Sunday, and I had bought Jen some flowers while I was out getting groceries because Jen was having sort of a, a rough day, uh, you know, not feeling that well and such. True story. And as we were eating dinner, Jen said to Tyler, Tyler, how, look how beautiful the flowers are that Dad got for me. And Tyler goes, well, they're not as beautiful as you. <laughs> <laughs> He's eight. I was like, whoa, well played, sir. Smooth talker. It was very funny. But this is probably one of the weaker, or the weakest part of the episode to me, which is Lily's back and forth with Marshall, trying to get him to admit that she's hot. I think some of Lily's reactions are funny. Um, But yeah, I think it's overplayed by Marshall. I don't think this is the first sort of Bisexual talk we hear from Lily, but no. it's probably the heaviest. And also her looking at Robin behind the bar, she gets very... <laughs> well, we do get a statement from her at one point, like... Thirsty. Literally saying, not in this episode, but About like... About yeah. having some dreams. Well, yeah, women's sexuality is a moving target. Um, but yeah, she she is very much into Karina. And she's not trying to hide it. We get Barney approaching... Katrina, Karina, and starts in with his, as he's getting ready to talk, she says, what do you want, in kind of a curt manner. Yeah, and it takes him a second, like he starts Drop, going yeah, into his... Oh, wait, what? Yeah. This is a good back and forth, why don't we do this? You want to be Karina? <laughs> sure. All right. Start with the what do you want. What do you want? Drop the act, baby, though. Wait, what? Are you going to order a drink or are you just going to stand there looking stupid? Um, I don't know how to make an um. Is that equal parts vodka and get the hell out of my face? Hey, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was good. I like the way she handled that. That was a good line. I don't know how to make um. <laughs> yeah. So then we switch over to Cindy's apartment. Ted's arrived for his date. Yeah, he comes in and kind of like, you know, looks around. Realizes he is exactly where he's supposed to be. And this is the first time he saw his mother's, their mother's little yellow bus. This is weird. He picks it up and says, hey, this is cute. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> He's just drawn to things that are the mother's. Yeah, I know. But it's, <laughs> they were really desperate here to pick something as benign as a little yellow bus and for him to pick right. it up and say, this is cute. And then it's funny that they show it like, yeah, that one that's behind you right now. And they do like a little like ding, like flashing around it. They, they, like had, really yeah, it out. they had to find something that could link that place to something they had now. Sure. I get that, but I don't know. They could have done better here. So we get the reveal. He was standing in the mother's apartment. And then right away, they dispel the mystery. Sorry, I shouldn't be messing with your roommate's stuff. Because it, it belonged to her roommate's, Cindy's right. roommate. Yes. So we find out Cindy has some issues with her roommate. Like, guys are always falling in love with her. Well, let's, some... let's back it up because narrator sets this up well, saying, I didn't know, but I was about to hear the very first description of the woman I'd one day marry. <laughs> Cindy goes, <laughs> she's a whore. I think she's a dominatrix. <laughs> Very strange roommate complex thing. I, I don't feel like I've seen this before. 
Which may make it original, but I didn't know this was a thing. I guess jealousy over a friend can happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess the implication is that Cindy dates guys and then they become fascinated with her roommate. So, I mean, I guess that happens like twice. You probably get annoyed by it. Ted says, hey, look at me. I promise I'm not going to fall in love with your roommate. Oops. (laughs) We're back at McLaren's. Lily's still trying to get Marshall to admit she's this woman, This bartender's the hottest woman in this bar. Yeah, straight up says, and I want to hit that. <laughs> Robin there jumps in, second hottest. <laughs> With a fake cough. Yeah. Barney's sick of this back and forth, wants to know why he's the one guy that Karina won't talk to. Marshall's able to fill him in. Apparently her last three boyfriends were Wall Street guys. Bastards. So she vowed she'd never date one again. So I guess just any guy in a suit. <laughs> right. is a Wall Street bastard in New York City. Although he does have particularly nice suits. Maybe that's the difference. <laughs> Barty says, well, I'll stop wearing suits. And then... Robin doesn't buy it. Yeah, and then we get a repeat. This happens a couple times of what I think is going to be my least favorite joke, which is Barney saying true, but for those, I mean, for that, I mean, for her, it's, it's okay. very tropey. Yeah. It's it's uh, feels very of its time though. A maybe. Very 2010 thing to say. <laughs> yeah, when, and I also like when Robin says that you're never not wearing a suit. We get a photo of him water skiing <laughs> in a suit. It's right. stupid, but it looks it was a funny look. <laughs> right. I mean, he does have a scuba suit. You'd think he'd at least wear that since. Right. Maybe he didn't get the scuba suit till after. It was 2009. So. <laughs> um, and then this is really dumb, but I kind of like. Um, just Marshall and Lily's reaction. When he goes, wait for it, and then... <laughs> I will stop like, we wearing, you, wait for it. Okay. I know you're going to say suits, then he says suits, and then he, <gasps> Marshall Lily. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> that, actually. You probably thought I wouldn't, but I did. Yeah, I didn't think you would. <laughs> um, so now we're on Ted and Cindy's date, and she's just going into further detail about all the weird things about her roommate that Ted is pretending that he agrees are weird, but actually like is really interested in and thinks they're fun. Including paintings of robots playing sports. Making breakfast, food, sing show tunes. Which we see her do in season nine. <laughs> yeah. Which is a strange, it's so specific. Like They had to know someone that did that. Probably. And we get another hauntingly beautiful comment. <laughs> the show yeah, really I have that, that highlighted line. too. <laughs> Cindy just admits she gets a little jealous. And Ted keeps trying to pump her up. We cut back to McLaren's. We see Barney in jeans and a t-shirt up at the bar talking to Karina. Yeah, she apologizes. Yeah, but did we, like, did we get a reason that he gave that why he was wearing a suit but no. now isn't? Mm-mm. Yeah, see, they're really rushing through this. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unclear. But yeah, so she says, you know, she can't stand a man in a suit or a woman who has no respect for herself, which, yeah, Barney hates that too. Then we soon find out from Ted that Cindy said she can't date him because students and professors dating is, is the rules on it are really strict and she could lose her scholarship. So I like in the trivia, somebody actually like referenced the Columbia handbook. Oh, like, really? That's not actually a thing. Yeah, you see this topic come up a lot in sitcoms of can professors date students? Right. We have it with Ross. Right. And what's her name on? Elizabeth. On Friends and... I feel like I've seen this in other places too. It, it it's a it's a well worn sitcom trope. I mean, it sounds like a thing that should be. <laughs> I think 
Ted has it where, as long as you're not in Yeah, my they department, don't really have anything to do with each other. I think yes. he teaches undergrad, and right. she's a grad student in, a compl- in economics. So yeah, true. You would think that would be safe. You, you would certainly think grad students would be able to date professors that teach undergrad. Right, in different departments where there's no influence or anything. Ted tries to get support from the gang, but they sort of agree <laughs> yeah. with her. We're at Barney's. What's he doing? I know that... I think he just got out of the shower, and I think maybe... Oh, that's right. He's in a towel. It looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Looks like he did did a few push-ups before (laughs) they they called action. And his suits start whispering to him. And then some uh, suits... Or he hears the voice say, suit up. Yeah, and so it's a little reminiscent of Harry Potter and, like, Voldemort's voice sometimes, or, like, the basilisk. Eh, that's a long walk, but did you read trivia that either that's what they were intending or that did the trivia just say that's what it Yeah, resembled? which, I mean, I, I agree with. It is very Harry Potter-esque to me. You know, if you're quoting other people's work, you really should use footnotes or something of the sort to, <laughs> to claim it as your own. I agree you with You only it. need one figure to tell me what you're thinking. <laughs> I just re-listened to that podcast of ours. Really good. <laughs> That's um, it's the one after Sorry Bro, the the front porch. It's the front porch of Sorry <laughs> right. Bro. I think it's the front porch. Yeah, I think Sorry Bro comes after front porch. They're sitting around the table at McLaren's. Marshall shows up in a suit, and as Marshall's talking about his day, we get Barney leaning into him and rubbing <laughs> his face on Marshall's suit, which I thought was a really like, good almost trance like it takes Marshall a couple times, like trying to get his attention. <laughs> Marshall ends up slapping him, which they did not count against Marshall as one of his slaps. No, it wasn't a real slap. It was no, like a little... I'm surprised. Get back to it. Sort of a missed opportunity for that to come up. Okay. Barney goes to the bathroom and the stall and has a hidden compartment on the door. <laughs> Where he's hidden a suit. <laughs> he puts it on, and then as he tries to take it off, he tears it and then runs down the street with it like it's a sick child. Right. And instead of taking it to a hospital, he takes it to his personal tailor, uh, the famous Tim Gunn, who I don't think I knew who this was until this episode. Um, I feel like maybe I had heard of him, but I did not watch the show, and I cannot think of what that show was called. It's the one where it's a design com- right. competition. Project one, Runway, maybe? Yeah, I think that's the one. Okay. With the former supermodel... Heidi Klum? Maybe. We're, we don't watch that no, genre of show, typically. So. I don't really care for a lot of this. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Like, it's a little much. Yeah, I get what they're going for here, but it just really didn't do it for me. The Tim Gunn was fine. Yeah, I did enjoy the suit ends up in an urn, playing into the storyline a little bit. I kind of like the transplant, like the organ transplant. Oh, I didn't like that. I that thought one. that was trying too hard. I thought that one was okay. I thought Barney's whimpering was a little bit much. So we're, we're, we cut back to McLaren's. Barney's talking to the gang. He's got the remains in, a, in the urn, like he said. Robin suggests that maybe now he's going to drop this quest for the so-called hot bartender, but no, Barney wants to make what the suit gave its life for count. And then we get another of those that her. And somehow this inspires Ted. Yeah, this is just. <laughs> and I really all enjoy. Just okay. Yeah, I really enjoy Lily's response because Ted goes, "He's absolutely right." Who the guy kissing a jar full of dead suit ashes? 
think that made me laugh. Right, and Ted launches into this thing of maybe Cindy's supposed to be the woman he ends up with. Yeah, and for some reason, in his head, his plans for his life will only occur with her. Apparently he can't marry somebody else and still have the home in Westchester with the mortgage and the two kids and triplet schnauzers. Yeah, I could have lived without all this. We were up at the bar, and Barney is talking to Karina about the suit, like it's a person. She misunderstands him. She thinks a friend of his died. I do kind of like the, um, boy, did he have a way with the ladies. They just couldn't say no. And she says, how old was he? Seven. Yeah. I now, thought, you, now you're a cup of tea, huh? Yeah. I, it was a little bit funny. It wasn't my favorite. And then somehow she agrees that she should be with him tonight. He shouldn't be alone. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're best friends now. Um, I again very stupid, but I did enjoy that. You know, Ted leaves to go like try to talk to Cindy and kisses the urn on the way out, and then just goes, "I don't know why I did that." <laughs> eh. It made me laugh. Lily's still trying to push Marshall on how hot she is. She even popped into Lily's head a few times last night in bed. <laughs> and then, uh, we got this thing from Marshall. What are you saying? She's hotter than me now. And then uh, this just goes. It down seems bad tropey, road. but I think it's kind of funny. Like. The flip of it. Okay, you and I are not on the same page <laughs> with this episode. No, I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but I I appreciate what they were going for. Ah, uh, the Jen scale is back. It's not my favorite, <laughs> or it's not the worst. It's oh, somewhere it, in between those. Has it been a while since I've brought that up? It's been a while since we podcasted, so it's pro- <laughs> it probably happened two weeks ago. But. <laughs> uh, so Robin's listening to this back and forth and just... She calls it circumstantial hotness. <laughs> right. So when Karina leaves, she takes the opportunity to go behind the bar. And, and we same. get the same shot of Robin with the wind blowing and her, like, very happily and sexily pouring drinks. And Until she gets cut off by someone who we haven't seen in a long time. Carl. I think. Carl. Carl, good to see you. He basically just kicks her out. <laughs> right. I, I, I do like her resisting leaving. No, I, I don't want to go back. Please. I, mean, I think she back. was only up there for, what, like 30 seconds, but she has, like, she's become a, addicted to it. She was that. somebody back there. Everybody loved her. <laughs> right. they, there's not a lot for Robin to do in this episode. Well, I That actually, was a good scene. I really liked that. Yeah. I actually remembered this differently in my head. I thought she went back there and nobody cared. I forgot that Carl actually kicked her out. Okay. We're back with Ted showing up at Cindy's. She wants to go in her room because her roommate's going to get out of the shower mm-hmm. soon. And... I don't really love the first part of this scene where he goes through the speech. Mm-hmm. Especially the rule book also says don't teach drunk, and I do that all the time. Yeah. Really bad joke. Hold on, I wrote, oh, I wrote boo next to the joke. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to see my handwriting. <laughs> and then he goes back to the well on saying that what she's writing as a dissertation is hot. Right. That's just re- repeats of jokes here a lot. But then we get, you know, a somewhat important statement, you know, Sounds crazy, but I feel like our paths are supposed to cross. I don't want to miss out on knowing you. Which, you know, I do like this comes, part. Yeah, and knowing what comes later, it's cute. Yeah. Well, I like the everything he picks out. Oh yeah, yeah. But this and is he's also he also acts this with good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Where he's talking about uh, the world's end by T.C. Boyle, and she said that it was a gift from her roommate. I like his. Oh, oh, you should. It's a good read. <laughs> yeah, he mentions some CD. She goes, yeah, and then uh, the bass guitar is there, and that's her roommate's, too. She's in a band. I'm like, Ted's, damn, that's cool. <laughs> right. So Sydney says, this is unbelievable. You just picked out the only three things in here that are my roommates. 
Ted's head immediately shifts. So does your roommate ever, band ever play shows? Or, and then she's just like, get out. <laughs> and I think that's my favorite joke. It's her, her delivery of get out is just really good. Okay. So we get narrator popping in. The, and then he thinks he glimpsed her foot. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. So basically that. Yeah, he didn't actually get to meet her, but he maybe saw her foot. And then she got her yellow umbrella back, which is, yeah, a nice little tie-in. We're at Barney's with Barney and Karina, and she finds his suits. He tries to say he's suit-sitting for someone. <laughs> kind of funny. I did like that. <laughs> and then she makes him, she gives him an ultimatum, her or the suits. But I didn't know they were this far along that. <laughs> right. Well, apparently she won't even comfort you if you like suits. So then we get into the big musical number. <laughs> yes. The big famous musical number, Girls versus Suits. I want to say I, I thought the production value on this was really good. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics left me a little flat. But I didn't actually enjoy the song itself. There was a couple pieces of it that I thought were better than others. But I do, I, I really enjoy Neil Patrick Harris's voice. So, like, it was just kind of fun to see him, like, belting it out. And I assume you read who choreographed this. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you're going to like this one. Okay. It was Heather Morris, and she's actually <gasps> one of the dancers. Really? Yeah, so Heather Morris, oh, who plays Heather and Glee. No, Brittany. Brittany, yes. Brittany S. Piers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Glee, who was also, I think, a backup dancer for Brittany Spears herself, wasn't she? That sounds right. Or Janet Jack. She was, I think she was a well-known backup dancer, but... Her, her. I'm not sure if she's had any acting gigs outside of Glee, but very likable. Not that I've seen. Gullible, not very bright character right. in Glee. No, I don't know how I missed that little tidbit. Well, that's fun. And so she's. I I didn't go back to look to see that she was in it because I read this trivia after I watched it today. Okay. But I would like to go back and try and pick her up. <laughs> see if you can find her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that didn't pop up in mine. There was a bunch of other stupid like. This person forgot to wear the right shoes. They had to reshoot this because Jason Siegel got it wrong. Yeah, probably the, one of the better parts of it. And then Neil Patrick Harris appears on Glee as a character mm-hmm. at some point. And that's actually one of my favorite Glee moments is when him and Matthew Morrison sing Dream On. Right. It's, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's so good. I think I stopped watching Glee before that came up. Yeah, I feel like that was a few seasons in. I can't remember why I stopped liking it. I just felt like... It was very repetitive. Yeah, every season was sort of the same. And it, once you, if you're not in love with the song and dance mm-hmm. pieces of it, then it, it just it's not worth watching at a certain point. But I did like the part of the song where Barney tells Lily to get her head out of her ass. <laughs> yes, that Come was on, Lily, get your head out of your ass. That was my favorite lyric of the song. And then I don't know if you know. I like some of your choreography too, the, or some of the character choreography of Ted dancing with his elbows. <laughs> That's up what I was just about to say. Was what would you do? <laughs> Just the strangest move for him. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's a fun it's a fun number and I like yeah, the whole like Broadway esque vibes we're getting from it. It was fun. It was very different for this show. They never really tried anything like this again except maybe the super date. Yeah, I don't think that one was as good. Well, I had- the thing I liked about, well, although it was a little homophobic, although it was coming from Neil Patrick Harris, but Barney's feeling uncomfortable about how Ted's singing this to him, and it's like they're on the date as he's singing it, and he keeps like looking at people like, we're not together. 
<laughs> okay. Like trying to assure people that are around them, looking at them, like, hey, we're not together. Right. I, I feel like I've only seen that episode like once or twice. That's a good one because... It is a good one. That's the one with... The Jennifer Lopez Yeah, one. Jennifer Lopez. The Power of No. That's right. I was trying to think of the book. the book. <laughs> okay. So overall, I, I think I liked the dance oh, so number because the production's good, but I... Listening to the lyrics, it's like, uh I think they could have done a little better there. Um, what do you think my favorite part of that song was? The dog. <laughs> him putting a suit on the dog. Yes. It was a wiener dog, wasn't it? It was. Okay. Jen has a weakness for videos or pictures of people dressing up wiener dogs. Yes. Especially in Halloween costumes. Especially when they're little hot dogs. It's very cute. But yes, this dog in a little suit made me very happy. <laughs> So by the end of the song, he kind of picks suits over her, but then again, she's pretty hot. He tells her that he's. He so then we get her. a shift back to him and her at the apartment. So at the very beginning of the song, we see her storming out, and then we cut back to that moment, and he says he picks her and he'll get rid of the suits in the morning. But then, he, yeah, he, he tells the suits that they're safe. <laughs> right. All right. I rate this 127, so. Mm, okay. You don't need to go off and look it up or, or try and guess. Yeah, uh, again, not not a bit. I, I thought this this episode was a little sloppy. I think the the dance number raises it a little bit, and there's some good jokes. But overall, I, I just don't look forward to watching it when it's coming up. Yeah, I think it helped that I this isn't one I've seen a lot, so it was enjoyable enough for a rare rewatch. I kind of looked forward to the musical number, seeing that again. The rest of it, I could have done without. Oh, and I like Rachel Bilson. Yeah. All right. I think I already said. I actually had two competing favorite jokes. One was the "Get Out" by Rachel Bills, and two was the Barney's rubbing his face on Marshall's suit. (laughs) I think I want to choose the "Get Out" because that was just part of a better scene. Okay. What about you? Um, I didn't actually have a ton of contenders for best joke, but I did really like Lily's line of the who the guy kissing the jar full of dead suit ashes. To okay. Ted's, you know, to Ted, you know, interpreting, yeah, you know, that he needed to go after Cindy because of that. Um, Lee's favorite, I think, is the true, but those, I mean. Mm-hmm. So that repeated line by Barney. What about yourself? We skipped over it in our recap, but when Barney and Karina get to his apartment, the grunting. Yeah, I feel like we should give him a moment of silence, followed by like twenty minutes of grunting. And she just kind of ignores it. Yeah, it's very weak. It's it's not good. Yeah, and so yeah, I think it's interesting that yeah we both kind of picked weak Barney lines, right? Where like Barney can be so much better and funnier. Oh, we have we do have a an email from Danielle. Actually, we have two emails: one from Rooney, one from Danielle. We'll read Rooney's first. Rooney writes, "Hey folks, congratulations on your one hundredth podcast. <gasps> Thank you. Thanks, Rooney." You guys are doing a great job, and let me settle the argument that some people do start listening to podcasts somewhere in the middle. That's what <laughs> I did. So Steve's intro is fine. Oh, Finally right. Uh, well, that's what I needed. I needed people to tell me this actually happens. That's right. So thank it. you. <laughs> I know you guys are super busy with your life, but I will have to say it on behalf of your fans, we would really appreciate it if you could upload once every week. Sorry, this was a really... <laughs> it's been almost a month since you Good wrote this timing. email. <laughs> we are going to be better now. We don't have anything else on the horizon that should keep us from our regular podcasting schedule. 
Anyways, it feels good to know that Hemium fans are in all parts of the world. Sorry for my bad English. It's not my first language. Keep up the good work and remember, make adjustments. Go get it energized. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, not sure if I spelled professor correctly. You did. Rooney, your English is awesome, and this was a very funny email. I really appreciate it. Keep it up, Rooney. Sorry about the slowness. (laughs) There were some extenuating circumstances. Listening back to all our podcasts, which I do from time to time, I think every other podcast we're apologizing for it taking a while to get it out. So there's. I, I feel like we were on a good streak for a while. Every once in a while, we get maybe two or three. Weeks in a row no. going. In my and head, then we, we were going one. on like a two-month streak. <laughs> I will not want to miss what's coming up next, which is, which is Jenkins. <laughs> right. So that, that is great. definitely one we're going to try and get out quickly because I can't wait to watch it. Okay. All right. Danielle's email. Danielle writes, Hey, guys. I didn't remember much about this episode, so all the jokes felt brand new. I literally said, aw, every time Marshall talked about the bartender. It was <laughs> cheesy and genuine. All right. (laughs) Barney's face was literally mine. I did not expect that. It's funny because I do find a guy in a suit really attractive. That or button downs that are rolled up to the elbow. Okay. I can see that. That scene with Ted picking out things that belong to the mother is so cool. I love when she show I love when shows talk about destiny or fate. It's so romantic. I would love for that to happen. Preferably when I'm not trying to win someone back or in a relationship. Ideally. (laughs) I liked a lot of the jokes, but I guess I would pick Barney rubbing his face on Marshall's suit as my favorite. (laughs) I'm with you. My least would be Robin going behind the bar. It just wasn't funny. I disagree. (laughs) Love ya. Thanks, Danielle. Nice to hear from you, as always. All right, so next week is Jenkins. So good. (laughs) That's uh, the one where Marshall's working with someone that for a while they think is a guy because the way he talks about the person. Jenkins' behavior and only ever refers to this person as Jenkins. And then we find out it is a woman played by... Amanda Peet. Yeah. Looking great, as usual. I had the biggest (laughs) crush on Amanda Peet without knowing that's what it was. Like, I thought she was so pretty. She's had an interesting career. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while it seems like she was on the brink of becoming a movie star or having more parts and bigger roles. Mm-hmm. But she never quite broke through, but she's worked so consistently for so long. And she's always great. Yeah, the last thing I saw her in, um, oh shoot, what was it called? I'm blanking on the overall. I think it's like a series that that's done. It's like true crime, dramatized true crime stories. So this is the one. It's like the Betty Broderick story. Okay. And so... Um, it was her and Christian Bale. Wow. Or, sorry, not Christian Bale. Um, Christian Slater. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that sounds like a more even casting than her and Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yes. Her and Christian Slater, which was then interesting because then we watched Dr. Death that also had Christian Slater in it. Those were fairly back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really good series, and she was really good in it. And the story is very interesting. All right. Here is the part where we're going to cover Himyev. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot we were doing that. <laughs> so we'll do that for the next three minutes or so, and then we will sign off. Yes. So what was this? Episode six? Yeah. Season one, episode six, Stacy. Okay. And this one fell sort of into common How I Met Your Mother format of a two-hander where 
the group splits up into two pieces, and we have two separate stories that are somewhat linked to each other in theme. Right. This one, they're both revolving around exes to some degree. Right. And I think both, both Jen and I agreed we liked this one probably more than we've liked the first five. It's still just an okay show, but we had we both had you know two or three belly laughs. Mm-hmm. And it just felt... It felt more grounded in the universe, like you said. Like, it had, like, a very similar feel to How I Met Your Mother and, like, the formatting and structure of the show. But, yeah, they're just... The jokes... There were a few in this one, like you said, that we we did really like, but just... They just don't hit the same way. Do you remember what any of them are? Because I might have trouble. I don't. And we don't take notes on it, so it's... Yeah, we're not... Like, we're trying to just watch it genuinely as just... Watching it as people... Watch regular TV, not necessarily two podcasts about. So, the few complaints I still have about the show are one, it's it's mediocre. It's it's a middling show. Two, they try and hit mediocre jokes too hard. Yeah, they really do. They're trying to overcompensate for the mediocre writing by by being above the material in a way. Like, hey, if this isn't a good line, I'm going to act the shit out of it mm-hmm. and make it a good line. Right. Like they're better than the material, and that's going to make the show good. And I also, they still have the laugh track mm-hmm. going off on really bad jokes and yes. things that sometimes don't even seem like a joke. They just feel like they needed a laugh in the middle of it. And I don't really and like the Charlie weird. character. I think it's weird that they do, I don't know, for some reason, like, a laugh track on a streaming show just seems weird to me. Yeah, that too. All that being said, I still kind of like the characters. You don't like Charlie? I don't like Charlie. I think he's a little too cartoonish. Yeah, I could see that. He's hot. <laughs> I guess. Really? British accent? Perfect build? Tall? Well, you don't like tall. Yeah, I mean, objectively, yes, he is good looking. I, I'm i not feeling it. Okay. Him, though. Well, you said I'm the only guy you find attractive besides... It's true. Harry Styles and... <laughs> Chris Evans. <laughs> but you usually have a, a huge weakness for guys with... British accent. So. I usually do, and ones that have the pretty abs, but there's something, he's just not hitting it for me. Okay. But I, I find most of the characters still charming, and I they're sort of people I'd like to meet on the street and <laughs> hang out with a little bit, but yeah, the it's just not very funny as a sitcom, and the, we're not talking about a dramedy here. It's a sitcom. Right. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. I do like, I was listening to a podcast by uh, Robin Akiva, who they were the ones that originally did the Seinfeld one. Now they now Rob has a podcast stream that covers like thirty shows at this point. But they have their own podcast where they they do a lot of different topics, and they for some reason decided to cover How I Met Your Father, the first and second episode, and they, they had a lot of funny things they kind of point out to make fun of the show with. Yeah, I gotta listen to that one. One of them was that the two main girls. Um, Sophie and Valentina. So, yeah, Sophie and Valentina. Did they not have any other friends? Because all of a sudden, these people that they randomly met one night are now their <laughs> only group of friends. And same okay, with the so other... I'll make, I'll make an argument here. So we know Sophie just turned 30. This is a time when a lot of people are starting to settle down. So maybe that friend group is starting to shrink of people that are constantly available. Yeah, could be. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, that, I think that that's... But yes, it is. Yeah, that's a lot of. Yeah, decent theory. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's the premise of a lot of shows sometimes. It's like, oh, we just met. Now we're all going to hang out all the time. Or we're only going to ever hang out with each other, even if, you know, yes, we have this history of why we're all friends, but we only ever hang out with each other. There were actually Rob, Akiva, and one other guy who I didn't know who he was doing this podcast. I believe they didn't invite us. I know. They really should have. I have mentioned our podcast to them. <laughs> right. I did get a retweet by the ones that did the 90210 podcast. Oh, yeah? Remember I sent them the picture of the dessert I had that had the, in Puerto Rico, that had the popcorn oh. and the ice cream. And You told me you were going to. You never told me what Yeah, happened. they actually retweeted it. They liked that. <laughs> nice. Um, but they were betting on the podcast for How I Met Your Father. Is this going to get a second season, guys? What do you think? And they all said no. Oh, so and they it did. And like, yeah, well, it was really, really popular on Hulu. I saw a teaser that they might have canceled it. Oh, really? And not given it. But I think it was clickbait, so I didn't even... Uh, okay. Like, sometimes you can read the preview of what the article is going to be, mm-hmm. and the title and the preview seem completely different. So uh, I think they were just trying to get me to click on it. Gotcha. And... <laughs> I'm You're smarter too, than I'm that. way too smart for that. <laughs> All right. Well, 10 years marriage, 100. Yes. How I Met Your so Mother podcasts. <laughs> this is quite a life we're living here. Indeed. All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I don't, I don't have anything else. Oh, tell people where they can write to us and find us. You can write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. That's the best way at this point. <laughs> I've given up on Instagram. I guess you do Twitter sometimes. Nah, I just checked in because I sent something to somebody <laughs> on Twitter. All right, well, ooh, Jen looks like she's getting ready to start to make me a drink, so I'm going to go ahead and check out. And she looks hot. So, everyone, until next week. What? So long. <laughs>